It's finally here! The RNC is in Cleveland. Think of it as Comic-Con in bad three-piece suits. There's heroes like the Human Pence, Super Sabato Jr., Captain Mayor Rudy Giuliani, Doctor Strange, a.k.a. Ben Carson, and of course, the incredible Trump who made a rare appearance last night to introduce She-Trump. We'll talk about all this and more. Trump vs. Hillary starts now! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Hey everybody, uh, I'm your uh, moderator here for Trump vs. Hillary, Christian Blatt, at Christian DMZ. A uh, f- little bit about me, for eight years I produced and co-hosted uh, Dennis Miller's nationally syndicated radio show. Uh, I have my own podcast, The Black Cast, and I'm part of After Buzz Godfather, Kevin Undergaro's The Tomorrow Show. But let me introduce the panelists. Uh, I'll start uh, to my left, your right if you're watching on YouTube. Chelsea, I hope your last name is pronounced Galicia, but... Uh, Galicia, yeah. Okay, good, because uh, I was like, oh, make sure you ask her how to pronounce her last name, and Before then I Before we go on, and yeah. here we and are. And at Chelsea <laughs> Galicia on Twitter. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am a lawyer. I call myself recently retired because I'm trying to hang up the lawyer hat and work it, move into nonprofit work that I find much more fulfilling. But man, have I become a political aficionado in the last couple of years since becoming involved in a campaign back in 2014. Uh, I've gotten super political and went to D.C. this um, spring and participated in Democracy Spring participated in the sit-ins, got arrested, got my street cred. Very nice. proud of that. Ah. More proud of that than Man. perhaps my my bar license. Um, so I'm thrilled to be here and to be able to engage in this conversation and hopefully engage more people in the political process. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, of course, have never been arrested, so I don't care enough about anything <laughs> for you. Uh, then uh, next to you, Scott Moore at Sman80. That is me. Yeah, and I'm feeling less smart being next to you, and also I've never been arrested, so now I feel like I, oh, man. I'm feeling not really... Not everybody can yeah, be that I, I don't know. Yeah. I, not everybody's not. Chelsea. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But yeah, I've done a, a lot of shows here in After Buzz, and for me personally, uh, been very interested in politics since a young age. Um, and since the year 2000, I, w- I, I got to vote for Gore in Florida, so that was exciting. That was my first wow. presidential election. Was it a butterfly ballot? I was going to say, I think I voted for him. I don't know. You uh, intended may, to, maybe but you might have voted for yeah, exactly. I, I don't Cannon. know. <laughs> uh, but I've been a very big supporter. I, I'm openly gay, and so for me, you know, being out here, I, I helped run uh, the Equality California. We had a little area in West Hollywood that we worked on, and uh, for Prop 8 and Human Rights Campaign. Campaign uh, all the way through from 2006 to the last couple of years. So for me, um, politics is very personal, and uh, it's important for me to get out there and, and hopefully get people energized to vote. Absolutely. Well, it's very important to vote, mm-hmm. and uh, as, as we'll find as in the months ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. And way down at the other end of the desk, so, so far, far away, so far. Drexel Heard at Drexel Heard. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, hello, After Buzzers. Uh, right now, I am the moderator of the only other political show uh, on all of our networks. Right now, mm-hmm. our softball uh, teams our... will have to play each other <laughs> in the spring. Yeah. Black Hollywood Live's political culture. 
Um, I currently sit on the North Hollywood Council, so I'm actively involved in our community. I know you um, mentioned when we were, thought we might have done the show earlier. You're like, well, I got I got a council meeting. I do. Yeah, yeah. Thursday, Thursday night, the big night. I, I, I got a council meeting, but um, uh, but I'm going to run and, and I'm going to make it here. I've been involved in politics for years. Uh, we were just having a conversation to begin the show. I used to be the executive director of College Republicans, uh, but I am no longer. I have seen the light <laughs> uh, since then. All of my Republican from college. Right. Friends, they're always like, "What happened?" Um, we had that in common. Actually, and all my Democratic friends are all like, yeah. "Oh, remember this? Remember when you used to talk about this?" <laughs> Nobody's gonna let you live uh, that they're down. They're never gonna let me live that down. Um, actively involved in politics. Um, actually, recently ran uh, for a district delegate for Hillary Clinton earlier this year. Um, but I'm very excited about this election mm-hmm. and having this conversation with everybody. Uh, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. Well, welcome, panel, and that the, you know we've uh, given you everybody's uh, Twitter, but also the show has a Twitter at Trump Hillary sixteen. Mm-hmm. Follow us there. You can uh, like us on YouTube and uh, make sure to comment and rate us on iTunes. And uh, to speak personally from the heart about how excited I am. Um, my parents impressed on me the values that you work hard for, what you want in life, <laughs> that your word is your bond, and you do what you say, and <laughs> Thank you, keep your promise. That you treat people with respect. That's from my heart. That doesn't come from anywhere else. Um, anyway, uh, we're going to break down uh, the the first night of the convention. I need to apologize to everyone here on the panel because, as I said in an email um, over the weekend, uh, I figured it would be fine to start on Tuesday because nothing really happens the first night. Uh, so my mistake, uh, we probably would have been well served to do a show last night. I mean, I think that you just did a very beautiful summary of yeah, last did. night. Yeah, that right. was kind of all we needed. All that but, uh, you know, we got to fill the time, so we'll talk about more of it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, the first thing, I guess, to talk about is before the convention actually started last week, uh, Trump announced his nominee, uh, nominee mm-hmm. uh, Mike Pence, and uh, there's been some talk about the logo uh, looking a, a little phallic, <laughs> but then also TP. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been some great memes of uh, Beavis and Butthead, TP from my bong hall and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So, uh, you know, anytime that you can get a ridiculous meme with a 90s cartoon character, that's good. Um, I'm going to go first, and I think of all the people that you heard that Trump might pick, mm-hmm. um, Mike Pence is a good choice because for most Republicans he seems normal and you know Trump is a little bit out there for even a lot of Republicans but they're like oh Mike Pence he's the kind of guy we usually vote for uh, Chris Christie is not that but uh, we'll <laughs> sort of go from the opposite end of the table down what did you uh, think of the choice of Mike Pence? I-, I thought Mike Pence was a fine choice. Yeah. I thought he was a the perfect choice for Republicans we talk a lot about what the embodiment of a person who represents a party is. And I think Mike Pence, uh, for what it's worth, for everything that happened in Indiana, you know, the uh, the religious freedom bill sure. from his stance on immigration, uh, he really embodies where, where the Republican Party is right now. Donald Trump might not represent that, so he brings, Mike Pence brings what Donald Trump could not. Uh, for all the bluster that Donald Trump is, that's why Chris Christie um, was not a good choice for him. No, it was sort of having just a pun intended bigger version of Trump Trump. yeah it's not really you know and it's also it's a it's a you know it's a state that borders the one that Trump comes from you're not really bringing anything else Mm -hmm. to the table and and Mike Pence also doesn't doesn't overshadow like he doesn't he's not exciting like Donald Trump Mm -hmm. so he's never going to outshine Donald Trump on anything um and 
you know, to the point where I don't even think he's going to be a good attack dog on Hillary Clinton or whoever her whoever vice president vice nominee president. is. It's yeah. just going to be so snooze, as we saw the Republican convention last night until the <laughs> end. But, I mean, it really is a snooze fest with Mike yeah. Pence, and he's just a safe boring Everything choice. is a snooze fest until you watch that 60 Minutes interview <laughs> yes. and you saw yeah, the two of them trying to painfully get on the yes. same page. Yes. Yeah, it was it was, it was was definitely awkward and I, I would have to say I agree with you and I agree with both of you that that was the safe choice. I don't think that was the choice he necessarily Not wanted to no, take. No, and if you believe what you hear even right, after he even made after the pick, he, he wanted to back out back of it. it. But, but yeah. I agree. I, I think that was what he needed um, to bounce him out. But, you know, it's, it's kind of the opposite dynamic this season because you're not going to have... Uh, the attack dog. The attack dog is going to be Trump himself, and the vice president's now going to have to be the more mature, mm. policy driven. He's the guy that has the experience. He's got all the years of experience before governor. You know, he he does bring the table what Trump lacks, and I think you know Newt would have been a, another crazy choice and would have been too far out for most people. The drawbacks to him are. I think that he he's going to be easily painted by the Democrats as mm-hmm. being anti-LGBT. Sure. I also think he doesn't have a lot of name recognition. And he also comes from a state that doesn't help Trump at all either no. uh, to expand his, his battleground. Right, because yeah. He comes from a, a safely Republican state for the most part. So on that side, he doesn't bring a lot to the table. But yes, he was definitely the safe choice. Out of those those three or four candidates they could have picked, he was definitely the right choice. And 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 if you watch the sixty minutes interview, you know Donald Trump was asked point blank, "Why did you pick Mike Pence?" Because he doesn't bring anything to the table. <laughs> and his his stance was, or his response was, "Oh, because of party unity." It, it, for mm-hmm. Donald Trump, it's never about what somebody can bring that he can't bring. Mm-hmm. It's oh well, this is just the person that they told me to pick. Right. Basically, yeah. he yeah. basically said that when he was sort of doing that right. horrible. Yeah, actually, uh, vice president. I, yeah. I saw something on so uh, awkward. on Jake Tapper's show on CNN today and uh, it was some of the music that uh, the artists have gotten upset with Trump for using and when they sort of had that press conference with uh, with Mike Pence uh, the Rolling Stones you can't always get what you want was the song so mm-hmm. you, you know, clearly there's somebody that was just like alright right, <laughs> right. this is a little something for you Donald uh, Chelsea your thoughts on, on uh, Mike Pence I didn't know very much about him before <laughs> like most right. of America right. saying, sure. right. but yeah. as I read who he is and what he stands for it made the ticket even scarier for me okay uh so i think um democrats are probably excited about it because (laughs) anybody who is i I think a moderate uh democrat would certainly be afraid of somebody like mike pence i mean certainly the fear was the thing that came up for me so uh i think it's a it's a great choice from the perspective of the democrats right well that's one of the keys to this election is uh is fear you know who's Mm -hmm. more scared and what are you scared of and we've seen some of that in the convention as we'll kind of talk about uh so that was the uh, trump pence logo i do want to look at one more logo before we start talking about some of the speakers the gop convention logo has an elephant on a guitar because uh, as you guys know there's a mm-hmm. song Cleveland Rocks mm-hmm. and Cleveland is for whatever reason the home of rock and roll right. and uh, the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame mm-hmm. uh, so there's probably nothing that really speaks to you know millennials and younger voters than an elephant on a guitar so <laughs> I think that uh, it was really right. well it was well chosen uh, I think you know maybe for the you know 1960 Republican convention that would have been crazy mm-hmm. but uh, you know it's alright you know, it's not really about the logo, except for whoever buys the T-shirts. Uh, so anyway, on night one, uh, we had a, a whole variety of speakers. Um, the first that, uh, at least the first that they showed on TV, uh, Willie Robertson from Duck Dynasty, and his point was, <laughs> Trump will have your back. I'm going to ask my panel, panel, uh, starting with you, Chelsea, do you feel that Donald Trump has your back? 
I mean, to stab it <laughs> if I didn't okay. give him what he wanted. Right. And he'll see me like, little Mexican, bring me something and, or, or call my mother <laughs> a rapist. Um, I mean, he probably calls them all Pedro. I don't know. I'm just <clears throat> assuming, you know, he probably, you know, just has one name that he is. But sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Scott, do you feel like Donald Trump has your back? No. Specifically, any Absolutely. reason why? I mean, you sort of, you, you've mentioned a little bit about your background. That yeah, does not nah, seem like something no. that you. I mean, I you're think. a white male. Right. Okay, that's, the only, that's true. That's great point. I, one thing that, that maybe, but yeah. besides that, can no. you still register? I mean, can you still vote in Florida? Are you registered in California now? <laughs> no, I'm registered right, in California. So then, unfortunately, so he's not interested. was a chance for a second. I'm not going to be able to help yeah. him at all. All right. So no, he's not interested in you. <laughs> no. Uh, Drexel, mm -hmm. uh, Donald Trump has your back. You know, I I don't think that uh, that Donald Trump likes black people. <laughs> um, but no, the blacks I don't, love him. The, the That's blacks right. Love him. Well, he'll, yeah, he'll do, right. he'll, yes. he'll, he'll do tremendous yeah. with the blacks. Um, no, millions I, I, of blacks listen, love him. There, there is not a chance that Donald Trump has the back of the American people. There's just, and I say that as a whole. Uh, right, the, 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 the middle class, the women, LGBT, uh, Hispanics, uh, uh, middle class white people. They, he just does not have the the the, uh, the backs of pretty much anybody. So, so. basically, Willie. Robertson from Duck Dynasty. He has his back. He has his and back. Probably Scott Bale. When they're out, uh, when they're out shooting ducks, that's yeah. probably the only time that he has Willie Robertson. Back. I, I'm just sorry. I got a visual now of <laughs> Trump uh, duck hunting with the guys from Duck Who Dynasty. Who do you think would be worse, though, Dick Cheney or Donald Trump? Right behind you. I would probably take Donald Trump just because of his track record. Is, yeah. You know, Cheney literally shot his best friend in the face. So. <laughs> Uh, so, so not funny. Scott Bayo, speaking <laughs> of whom, uh, he introduced the theme for the night, which was making America safe. Uh, he also had a few points. Uh, the surprising one was that uh, he said Donald Trump is not the Messiah. I do not think his speech was vetted by the Trump campaign <laughs> no. because I don't understand why they would have let him say that. Um, he also said uh, being American doesn't mean getting free stuff. Um, and I say that uh, specifically because, Chelsea, I know that uh, you were very, uh, very vocal supporter for Bernie Sanders. Yes. And that seems to be sort of the the go to line for opponents of Bernie, especially on the right. right. Uh, so when you hear that, what what is your reaction when he they said, say I'm that? Gonna, I'm going to take away his kids free public education, his free roads, his free police, his free <laughs> fire departments. Um his free, you know, the road crews who maintain everything that's free um, that he uses. Tax loopholes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Charles that. Charles in charge residuals. Right. <laughs> we'll take all that away and see how he feels about all this free stuff. Um, Bernie never called it free. The money is coming from somewhere. Money is coming. We're taking it back from, you know, the corporate interests that have sure. taken it all. Um, so it wasn't free, but it's, I mean, it's a good cheap line to use and anybody with right. a, and a little bit of to As you say, to be yeah. fair, these both conventions right. are filled with cheap of lines. Course. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scott, your thoughts on the idea of, you know, the theme, which we'll talk about how they kind of got away from the themes, but the making America safe, uh, was it, was it good to start with that for the first night? Uh, considering I, who the audience is. Right. I, I do think that was... A, yep. it, uh, their intention was good, but as we've seen... I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself the second night, but we've seen so far, they haven't really stuck very close to their themes. Right. So I don't think they even stayed anywhere near it. They didn't have anything... Except for Rudy Giuliani, it, who we'll talk even about. Even then, though, yeah. it was 
still not as much as they could have done with that theme. They could have done so much more because that's what the Republican Party was and they were known for is, you know, protecting from terrorism and keeping America safe and and. And I see think, any of that last I mean, night. I do think that, it, you know, I, I know that there are people on the panel that might find it hard to believe that there are people who are passionately planning on voting for Trump. <laughs> Those that I know that are, it has a lot to do with that issue. It's kind of, right. you know, it's their main issue. And they're right. like, well, everything else doesn't matter because if we're not safe and they don't think that they'll be safe with with Hillary, it is sort of something that you would have expected them exactly. to really beat that drum yeah. because it, it's such an important issue. And obviously to conservatives, likely Republicans, voters, mm -hmm. you should have heard more about it. And uh, that was surprising. Are mm -hmm. you surprised, Drexel, that we didn't hear more about it, except, of course, for the soon-to-be-mentioned Rudy Giuliani? Um, not at all. Mainly because Republicans can't really talk about safety. Mm -hmm. uh, Barack Obama, for what it is, has, over the past eight years, kept America safe from the outside world. What he hasn't kept being able to keep us safe from is from the inside. American-born terrorism. Uh, and 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 anybody and at this point anybody can talk about police brutality at that point you it's very hard to feel safe from the inside um, and that's not something the Republicans are talking about. They can never say to the American people that Barack Obama kept them safe because they know that Democrats stole that from them. Right. This president stole that from mm -hmm. wherever you stand on his drone program, wherever you stand on that. Barack Obama is in the center right when it comes to foreign mm -hmm. policy, when it comes to um, um, how he retaliates against somebody. Um, Hillary Clinton, for the most part, is to the left of Barack Obama. Um, some people can yeah, argue I was that. Say she's Pretty hawkish, She's I pretty hawkish, sure. I think, yeah. but I think when Barack Obama pulls that, he has proven that he mm -hmm. is the center right candidate when it comes to uh, foreign policy and, and that. So I think Republicans are having a hard time reconciling that fact with with themselves. Is that Barack Obama can keep them a little bit safer than Republicans have over the past. 10, 10 years, or at least the past uh, the Republican administration. So. Right. I mean, we've heard the point the past couple nights <clears throat> that, you know, we we aren't safe under President Obama. They mm -hmm. sort of allude to it, but uh, as they have my... no substance as, for as, Right. As my uh, former boss, Dennis Miller, used to say, Barack Obama is a killing machine. He had the drones out mm -hmm. there, and, you he know, he's... Out last night. He, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. he's, he's out there joking around with Seth Meyers at the White House Correspondence <laughs> Dinner. Mm -hmm. At that moment, you know, Osama bin Laden is being taken right, down right. Mm -hmm. and he's smiling and laughing probably went out for a smoke even mm -hmm. though I know he says he quit <laughs> you know he's just having the time of his life and while he's thinking about it he's like I know it's you know so right. yeah I think he's he's a little bit more uh, cold blooded than people give him credit for and I mean that actually in a good way right, right, because right. when you're president you do need that to some extent yeah. you know you certainly need to be able to uh, take out someone and, like and, Osama bin Laden and I don't feel like I'm difficult decisions those like difficult that. decisions right. I don't feel like I'm really going out on a limb there that uh, no, you know Osama bin Laden should be killed uh, yeah obviously Obviously, you can break down like, well, then what do they do with the drones? But uh, yeah, I think it was interesting that it, it wasn't the issue that they they really focused on. I was on. really fascinated yeah. how the whole you know safety thing could have been harped on so much better if they wanted to play it well. And they spent so much of the time talking about Benghazi, which yeah, right. is uh, you know it's a military operation on the other side of the world that most Americans like feel like was a tragic story. Yeah, but don't feel like that makes them. Right, Less it didn't personally here. affect right. them here, and that's that's so the connection. That... Although that was, and I thought it was horrible the way they brought, and I know it's on both sides and it happens, but the way they brought the uh, the mother out and mm -hmm. that speech, yeah. I thought was just for political gain was just really. It was just, it was gross. I just didn't like it. And if, the problem uh, it was dirty. with the Benghazi story has always been from the beginning. You know, when President Bush was in office, there mm -hmm. were 
double the right. embassy um, attacks. So how can you feel more safe under George W. Bush and less safe under Barack Obama? I don't know. It's the same party where Jeb Bush <clears throat> said my brother kept us right, safe. Right. But I mean, right. I'm, I'm just talking about this. This Republican psyche has this idea that they are less safe somehow. And maybe this has a lot to do with race relations in the country. For the most part, maybe, you know, this white minority is feeling less safe because they are fearful of what's happening around mm-hmm. them. It has nothing to do with feeling safe. Um, from Actually, like the Charleston right. shooter, Dylan exactly. Roof, things of that nature. I mean, born Trump came up in American-born mm-hmm. American citizens. Right. Yes, there's been something like the Boston uh, Marathon bombers were, were <clears throat> refugees at some, but but most of the. I mean, if you look at the numbers, we're not being killed by terrorists. We're ju- just not we're foreign. We're homegrown. They're homegrown. Yeah. and yeah, so exactly. just a little bit looking at the numbers would hopefully set people straight but right. no they're really good at driving this ho- point home about terrorists abroad are so scary they're going to come attack us they were so good about it on every night of the year except last night when it would have been their good time for them to hone in mm-hmm. on that very well and I right they because i mean they're the point that they do have and it's hard to really you know disagree with the fact that you do have a party the democratic party doesn't like to say things like radical Islamic terror. Mm-hmm. Such a big deal it's is made semantics. whenever it comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, well, this is someone who was radicalized trying to impress ISIS, mm-hmm. so they weren't actually part of it. It's like, all right, but you know, the in the case of the Orlando shooting, he's he's on the nine one one tape, and you can hear what he says. So it's like, all right, so maybe he didn't have his ISIS membership card, but this is why he did it, and it's it's I a don't problem. Know. I'm still pretty but convinced the FBI, that it was the, it was the a FBI, gay the FBI, uh, well, the, thing. Yeah. No, well, the FBI came out. Yeah, the FBI came out with a report just yesterday or two mm-hmm. days ago that said that it had nothing that they believe. Right. From every all the facts, they all the evidence that they've come up with is that they believe that it had nothing to do with the gays in that club. Well, I thought it was about that he had felt he had been used by a gay man or gay men, and so that was the place that he took. No, his I'm saying of. that's what the FBI said that there was no evidence, right, there was no evidence that evidence. he attacked that club because of. But the, I also don't think there's evidence that it was. I, you know, now it's become an excuse that he can anyone can say, "Oh, I'm I'm doing this for ISIS or right, whatever," sure. and and that's right. to me also an excuse that he could say that, but he wasn't affiliated. There's no proof that he was affiliated with any of them. But even if you discount that example, there are there are instances right. where they're like. You know, the Fort Hood shooting. It's like, well, that's workplace right. violence. Right. You know, so, I mean, you could go through the list, right. and it doesn't matter which ones are and which ones aren't. It is an issue that I think Republicans can be strong on if they, mm-hmm. choose, if to they be, choose to be. But they didn't choose to be because right. they did talk about mm-hmm. Benghazi. And, they, and go ahead. I was just going to say they try, you know, there was one line that <clears throat> I believe Rudy Giuliani kept talking about was Hillary Clinton's for open borders. Mm-hmm. And so maybe in, on an immigration issue, maybe that could have been their rallying point of the night and they did not know how to do that well either and uh, thanks for reminding me the part about Giuliani saying ISIS has told us that they're going to infiltrate their Mm -hmm. people into the Syrian refugees and Hillary Mm -hmm. wants to let them come over first of all does anybody believe that well, ISIS, <laughs> we're just going to let all of them in? And 
And then right. th this drives me bananas <laughs> that we went into the Middle East, destabilized the whole mm -hmm. thing. Then we're shocked that people are, right. are refugees. Exactly. And then we're like, we don't want to deal with any of you. Now. And then mm -hmm. we wonder why so many people in the world exactly. dislike us. Right. Because we won't help anybody because and we, we made might let mess. in a bad act. Do you remember that yeah. scene in Lion mess. King when the stampede was coming over the, the top of the... Yeah. I feel like Republicans think that that's what refugees and immigrants yeah. are going to do to the... They're just going right. to come over and they're just going to like Unnamed. topple over. Right. Just and, come in. Yeah. Right. Right. Come and, in. No open borders. Hillary Clinton's going to let them all in. Barack Obama's been letting them in. Exactly. And there's the, the, a big stampede in the private. And so when he said open mm -hmm. board, I'm like, does anybody believe this? And then I was like, oh, well, yes. absolutely. Yes. absolutely, absolutely, people do. Yeah, yeah because you, you, they wouldn't be talking about it if they. No, didn't and you know think about the European Union. I mean, that is open, and you and you see the struggles there and what's going on. So people are scared about that thing. Oh, well, they're going to do that Except here we're too. We're not really surrounded. Of course, they haven't. No, watching the surrounded by water. We're fortunate. Four, eight years, seven years of the Obama presidency, where he's been deporting more people. Republicans have exactly. in, in the in the in the modern you know in not the, something in the to be proud of but no right I'm but just saying like, they, yeah. they, you right. know if there's anybody that's been following the policy the, mm -hmm. the the American policy on immigration it's been Barack Obama so that right I mean just that right there alone that whole night was can be undone can be undone right it was just didn't make any sense well they didn't they didn't take advantage like we were saying they did not take advantage of what the night was about and they didn't use that to their because I think if they would have gone to like really what's scary the and theme. looked at the cause of mm -hmm. that they would have had to look in the mirror and be right. like oh you know, exactly. we we cause this as much as we <clears throat> want to point fingers at uh, Hillary and, and Obama. Yeah. Right. I mean, they could, they could look at that, and they could also I don't know. This sounds like such a crazy thing for a political convention, but they could try and offer solutions to the problem instead of <laughs> no, figuring right? out who to blame. Who would have thought? But obviously, <laughs> this week isn't don't about that. Next that. week isn't about <laughs> that. Either. There's no one offering solutions. No, 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 no. Um, we could circle back on this for the whole show. Right. So I'll move on specifically. Rudy Giuliani, who did give. Let's just say a very fiery presentation. Uh, Charles Was he Cranham, on something? Um, <laughs> Is that a fair question? I don't, I don't know mean what to he's be on, but, but no. But uh, I think he was just excited to be in front of some cameras again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. okay, Charles Krauthammer, very conservative, uh, outspoken mm -hmm. uh, Fox News correspondent, said, "Quote: He was worried that Giuliani's head would explode." <laughs> and if you watch it, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know there there is kind of a moment where you see, you know, he was getting really worked up and like. I feel like the part where it was supposed to say, you know, parentheses, yell. Somebody probably should have put parentheses, stop yelling. Mm -hmm. And he just kept going. And he was really worked up. But, you know, it was... Look, I understand what he's trying to do, which that's probably one of the, the biggest, more chumming the waters with red meat out mm -hmm. of the entire night. Um, I don't know if he accomplished it. Uh, you know, basically, like, we need to be safe again. Donald Trump's going to keep us safer. Uh, do you feel, Drexel, do you feel like he was really the best person to make that point? I understand why they thought he was, mm -hmm. but in, in hindsight, maybe he didn't make that clear. I don't think that Rudy Giuliani, I think that everybody sees Rudy John as obviously America's mayor just from mm -hmm. that, just from, Absolutely. Just from right. New York and 9-11 just in general. Um, did Rudy Giuliani keep New York safe? I think there's an argument that anybody could make at that at that point. And uh, I think that Donald Trump probably would have had a better chance of putting some Republican general out there. Sure. Somebody mm -hmm. who has experience, um, even though Donald Trump only listens to himself on foreign policy. Um, I, I think that, you know, they could have had an opportunity to put somebody out there who understood what it meant to keep America safe, to drive that message home um, in terms of policy, but I don't think right. they, they, they want to. Because I think the good message you can get out of Rudy Giuliani as someone who grew up in New York is, you know, you can just have sort of time-lapse photography, you know, 
Times Square 1993, Times Square mm-hmm. 1998, just that right there. It's like, well, you know, you could actually, you know, people didn't bring their families to New York. And right. if they did, they didn't uh, decide like, oh, well, let's go walk around Times Square. That was the last place you would go. So, you know, how he went about it, you can certainly, you know, debate those things. Where did the homeless people go during that point? Right. We, you know, we all had those kind of debates. But there is an issue. That is an issue sort of, you know, inner city uh, not even inner city, but just sort of uh, you know revitalization, you know making our making our cities safer. Well, maybe. I mean that's the whole stop yeah. and frisk program that Giuliani yeah. brought right. up, uh, created, and he mm-hmm. he feels that those type of programs uh, are what keeps America safe. Right, uh, and I think right. he's speaking to a room full of people who are probably inclined to agree. Mm-hmm. But except the studies show that the broken that windows theory broken window that theory. he was trying right. to implement does not actually work. It doesn't work exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but I, go but ahead, I, Scott. No, but I was going to say quickly on that. I do think that for what who he had to speak on that, he was the perfect choice. First of all, they're both from New York. That's a good point. Then, yeah. uh, he he represented America at that time period, two thousand one. That was his city. And and so I think he was the perfect choice for that. However, I think his speech, he was so energized that I was I was worried. I thought he was going to collapse when I watched it. I really did. He was it was it was bizarre. Like you were almost saying he was on something. It was maybe uh, I was like, did he take a shot of adrenaline and he was tired? Like it was it was weird because he was so over the top and so especially like, in comparison to the to, energy that we felt from the floor. from the whole floor itself. So it was disjointed a little bit. But I think he was the perfect choice for what Trump had for that that particular speech. Yeah, For no, sure. no, and uh, obviously he also spoke about Benghazi, which course, you know is yeah. a very important issue to some people. And <laughs> what I wanted to point out, and I'll let you speak in a second, Chelsea, uh, that for anybody who says there's no media bias, uh, PBS cut away as soon as he mentioned <laughs> Benghazi. Talked to a couple people for about three, four minutes, and went right back to Rudy Giuliani. So uh, you know, I happy to point that out when whichever right. network does it. If any of you guys <laughs> see anything like that, please let us know. But uh, I, I, it was like. You, they basically, you know, slid his audio down before he got to the Z in Benghazi. <laughs> but, up until, but up until the Giuliani point, the, the Republican convention had been talking about Benghazi almost for almost an hour yeah, at that point. So obsessed. cutting away from Giuliani was right. not about Benghazi because they had <laughs> they had stayed on Benghazi for an hour at that point. So talking about it more just you know would have beat a dead horse. So PBS was like, oh, they're still talking about it. We can move on to something else. Right. What was your point, Chelsea? My favorite part, if the, if I could say a favorite part to the speech. <laughs> was when Giuliani was saying that whenever he needed something for New York, he went to Trump, and Trump would support, and I assume give money, <laughs> without recognition, without wanting to be named, well, and how course. Giuliani was was running the risk of, of getting himself in trouble with Trump for outing Trump as the hero that he is. Uh, I looked yeah. around. <laughs> he was the Batman, you know, I, Gotham. Um, He's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see that on his tax returns, his charitable contributions to the city of New York. Mm. Um, well, we're not going to see the tax returns, but, but so it, it just, you will never know. But, I mean, what a perfect thing to say. He is so good, mm-hmm. and you would never know. Now, like, people say that about Oprah, because she does give a lot of money sort of under the table, but she also gives a lot of money that is visible. So... Yeah, I've never seen Donald Trump give a car to everyone in a studio audience. <laughs> I've seen Oprah. <laughs> so it's just very convenient that it's like, he is so humble. He didn't want you and, to know And how by the way, if he really didn't America. want you to know, and Rudy Giuliani went on national right. TV and said it, uh... 
he's a dick. But anyway, um, you know, if he really doesn't want you to know, don't yeah. tell people. Like he'll right. get, you know, exactly. he'll get elected on his own. So th- that was a very din- disingenuous yeah, moment. Because yeah. you know, like, maybe at the time he didn't want people to yeah. know, yeah. but it's probably like, well, you, go, yeah. you go ahead and let people know is now, it, though. Is know? That for me right there, like, is anybody buying that sentence and anything preceded it and anything that follows it? I don't think you, any of it can be believable. I mean, it just, when you, you know, below your credibility, like it just that. depends on you know what you walk into it right. wanting to believe. Right, absolutely, uh, that's <laughs> true. The, that is true. The, the big moment in the first night uh, was the uh, unexpected. Except everybody covering it knew it was going to happen. But the fact that Trump was actually there on Monday night, he mm-hmm. actually took the stage. Uh, we have the the visual of it. We're not going <laughs> to hear it, but we're just going to see him come out. Uh, yeah, he sort of walked out in a smoky entrance. Silhouette. To give know? credit where credit is due, uh, comedy writer uh, Alan Spencer on Twitter pointed out that it's exactly the way that Captain Kirk enters in Star Trek II. <laughs> and um, I, I tried to find it online. I was going to do a side-by-side thing, but then I realized, like, what am I doing with my time? But um, <laughs> It's also the exact same way that Beyonce starts her concert, her tour this well, year. I mean, it looked it I mean, really I is. Talking, I, I would have thought Beyonce very specifically looks like, like <laughs> It looks like the open to the old Arsenio Hall show, yeah. not the the more recent one. But yeah, he's just standing there, he's yeah. ready to come out, and he's like, and, he came he's, out to and a, by the way, he's applauding himself. Right. Right. Let's not, you know, discount that, but yes. He came out to a Queen song. Yes. Like, right. what and on what planet do any of those people in that convention agree with anything that Queen had to bottom Girls. Oh, I would think that there yes. are probably a few people who agree with fat bottom girls. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so he makes this big entrance, mm-hmm. this grand entrance, and you know it is surprising, and it's you know that's the moment when you hear that Trump is there. You're like, hey, this campaign might be a little unconventional. Uh, you know, you just just a hint. Uh, but you know, so Melania Trump, you know, God bless her. You know, I know that there in the after fact, she kind of said that, oh yeah, she wrote it. Nobody really blames her for her speech, uh, plagiarizing Michelle Obama. Uh, you know, whoever actually wrote it. You know, I, I don't know. There should have been somebody in that room that goes like. Sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> Where did I hear it? I knew something was going to be good when I heard her and uh, Trump's interview with Matt Lauer. Yeah. And she said, you know, he asked, Matt Lauer asked her, are you practicing your speech? Oh, I'm just going to review it one time. Yeah. It's from uh, the heart. I, I wrote it myself. <laughs> and you can see the wheels. Like, you know, she doesn't want to be an outright liar. So she drops a line saying, you know, I got a little bit of help. And I knew from there something. Something was, something was up. Well, and I'll. I'll ask you guys uh, your thoughts on that. Uh, so, you know, obviously taking from Michelle Obama's speech was sort of unfortunate because she's someone that you can, you know, at that convention paint as someone that maybe you don't want to be like as first lady. Uh, but the real the real travesty, the real out- outrage was she also in her speech said he's never going to give you up, never going to let us down. <laughs> Adding, by the way, that he's never going to run around and desert you, never going to make you cry, never going to say goodbye, never tell a lie and hurt you. Now, how great would it have been, by the way, if that moment, it was all revealed that this was just the most elaborate Rickroll in history. Yes. Trump didn't want to run for president. Right. It was all setting us up exactly. for that moment exactly. where her speech, I was just like, this is the greatest thing ever. But Rick Astley, nowhere to be seen, wow. but you can hear him. You guys don't have the headphones on, but uh, our listeners yeah. and our viewers can hear it right now. Uh, so... Obviously, whoever wrote that speech 
a lot of Red Bull, maybe a, you know a couple of macchiatos or something, and just whatever came into their head, they just you know regurgitated through the keyboard. Uh, Scott, what do you think about putting poor Melania Trump, who, spoiler alert. <laughs> English is not her first language. I think it's like uh, her fourth language. Yeah, I mean, I'm exactly. God bless her. Yeah. Her second language. So, uh, you know, and you give her something that she's going to have to be held accountable for mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe you didn't give 110%. Well, it kind of like, like we were saying, it's it's this whole thing is we were kind of talking about this. Does Trump even really want to run for president? And you right. see something like this happen. You're like, who would ever let this happen? Yeah. I mean, not even just another former Republican first lady like Nancy Reagan or something but you're taking you're taking Michelle Obama and, and it's verbatim and yeah, it's not it's not it's like not Lady Bird Johnson yeah. or Jackie Kennedy it, it's the one that we the one, all know right, right. now it's the yeah. one that everyone <laughs> yeah. they keep you know talking about how much they can't stand the Obamas and here they are and it's verbatim word for word Word for word. So, and then the whole aftermath of it too, and trying to deny it, and well, it's just that, that's, that's weird. Too. That's what made it an issue, you know. Yeah, for just, the, in the 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 next morning, this morning, yeah. to have just been like, yeah, we don't know how that happened. Uh, we fired the person responsible. You don't even have to tell us who it is. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't even have to actually fire no. someone. Just say you did. Just say you did. And then and, you know they were talking about it into the afternoon. It's like I don't think that's what you should have been talking about. You know, I mean. I'm not really invested in anybody succeeding at this point, but no. you feel like if they were trying to run the campaign for a campaign that obviously has mostly been run fairly well because, you know, despite what Trump does to self-sabotage, he's right. done really well up until this point. He, this is not has. the point where I think anybody, maybe even including Donald Trump, thought that he would be <laughs> at right now. No, no, no. And I thought it was actually, that was the problem, is that this was the night for her to shine. Yeah. This was the first night. This was, you know, a speech that, you know, Ann Romney's speech four years ago mm-hmm. was was really well done. And it was a shame that that was, that was taken away for them because that, it was it was awful. And that's all people are going to be talking about. I'm talking about for them. No, no, I'm not just, saying for, for me because yeah. I, I don't support, but, but I'm saying for them that was, you know, that was the night for them to you, shine. You can and put it was yourself in their shoes where you realize that taken this, away. yeah, that, 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 that's what they were trying to do. And it was completely taken away. Wow, you are a much more compassionate person because for some reason I don't feel bad for them. No, I'm not saying I feel bad for them. I'm saying it's a shame that that was the night that they were set to to showcase her and showcase right. and give a great speech about him. Yeah. And that was overshadowed. Is what I'm saying. Like when you go back four and years by, ago by to the way, Romney and you if, see other if, speeches of political opponents if, in the past. If the Donald really wanted to let her shine, he wouldn't have been there to uh, you know, right. well, show her up. Of course, it's all about him. Uh, yeah, Drexel, uh, you don't even have to speak specifically on that, but your thoughts on the first night before we dive into the second night, uh, just sort of as you as you think back on on some of the some of the things we've already talked I th- about. I, I thought the first night was overall a snooze fest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it. You know, I said I tweeted at during the convention last night and said. Uh, at Donald Trump, and I said, "Is this the convention that you want? Like, is yeah. this what you expect it to be? N- not from a from a showman standpoint. Everything that we know about Donald Trump, he's you know big and blustering. He loves his show, and he's got a successful show on NBC. And um, it was the most boring. I mean, you know, the the Romneys are pretty boring. Mm-hmm. If you can outbore the <laughs> Romneys, you you're doing you're, something's not right. And um, um, and I think that they could have at least." Um, come out with uh, on night one and, and made it a thing. I think they tried and I think the speaker lineup just did not lend mm-hmm. itself to that. Well, night two kicked off with uh, UFC President Dana White and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, he said that Trump's good for business because that was the theme of night two. Um, you know, I mean, it's not even specifically about 
his speech, which, you know, I'm sure like we were talking about, he probably looked at it maybe for a couple minutes before. And he's like, great. Uh, it does. He did seem to have a personal connection that, you know, Trump supported the UFC when it was not something that was viewed very favorably. Uh, so, <laughs> mm-hmm. look, you know, I mean, he's declared- so did Maria Menounos. Hey, that's yeah. a- absolutely. That's a great observation. So. <laughs> So where's the Trump Menounos ticket? Don't answer that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I think that that's the sort of thing that you want to get out there is like, he's good for business. Let me tell you how he's good for my business. And I don't know how much we got that because it was a lot of Hillary Clinton's bad for business but let me tell you all these other things she's bad about it it's mm-hmm. it was a very unfocused mm-hmm. evening mm-hmm. uh you know from uh, arkansas governor asa hutchinson mm-hmm. was talking about like you know arkansans n- know that we don't need hillary they also know that they don't need mike huckabee but uh you know <laughs> and just sort of trying to make these points that mm-hmm. that were sort of off the message that they went for but i don't even know if anybody cares but it's just interesting. Uh, what did you think, uh, Scott, as you know, night two kicked off? Well, again, I think it was what you're saying and what we were talking about earlier is they have not stuck to their themes at all yeah. uh, these first two nights. And as you were saying, it's like if you look it up, it's all Clinton, Hillary, 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 nothing about Donald Trump. Even if you were going to be talking there's no, uh, about your candidate, you're not talking about anything really positive about him or what he's going to be doing for the country. It was all attack Hillary, nothing really about work. Um, the other optics that I find interesting these first two nights are, we were saying this earlier, is the crowd is very low energy. Yeah. You see these primetime speakers at 10 o'clock at night, Eastern time, and, and half the seats are empty. You don't have you don't have any of the heavyweights of the GOP, uh, no former presidents that are alive. You have Bob Dole, who's like 93. You, you don't even have the governor of Ohio. I mean, obviously, he, he ran for president. But, but so did the, a lot of the other yeah, people who were speaking. But you see no yeah. unity there, and that's his, you know, that's his home state, and, yeah. and he's not even there. He hasn't been seen yet. So there's a lot of weirdness about this convention that just feels very off these first two nights and very, very different from what I've seen in previous uh, Republican Well, yeah, you know, once they sort of, you know, overlooked the the roll call portion and Trump was the nominee, you feel like there were people there that were hoping for, you know, like standing up and, you know, endorsing Ted Cruz or maybe even Marco Mm -hmm. Rubio or whatever. And then once it wasn't going to happen, it's like, all right, well, uh, there's a Chili's across the street. Right. Let's just go watch from there, you know? I mean... Very, very subdued and yeah. kind of very different from what I've seen in the past. And, like, it didn't seem like the enthusiasm is, is there for their candidate. It seemed like a lot of the same of the first night, a lot of talking without saying anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Although, to an extent, that is politics. That but is, I know yeah. what you're saying. Like, this was, this was exceptional. Exactly. Yeah. This this was a, a lot more than that. Uh, someone who was uh, very... Subs- uh, there was a lot of substance to what he said. I knew I was going to say that word wrong, so I, I rephrased it. Uh, NRA lobbyist Chris Cox, which, you know, I don't know who he is, but mm-hmm. he was the, he was the uh, designated fearmonger for the evening because mm-hmm. his job was to go out there and make sure that everyone listening knew that Hillary wanted to take away your guns. And, I mean... Obviously, that is a very important issue to people, especially right. if they're scared. And mm-hmm. as you know, the making America make safe sure again comes in. Yeah, that mm-hmm. people know that you were being sarcastic about people knowing that that's what Hillary wants. To <laughs> well, do. this is what he says. He okay, says, "Thank so you." So Chris for that Cox says, <laughs> "I'm no you Hillary fan, know. but I do right. want to make sure you that people to, know her position." According on that. to Chris Cox, you need to know. So no, I do think uh, people was are legitimately scared of that, though. I do yeah. think people no. do think Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton are going to try to take away their guns, and that he, he's been trying to do this, and he's still going to try to do this. People are legitimately you know, scared that they're going to take away Obama's supposed to do. He doesn't have a lot of time left, so he should really get a move on. But there are people that really do legitimately think that you know. 
Democrats stay in power, that the guns are going to be taken away. But then I have also heard that there are a lot of people in the NRA members that do want reasonable gun control. Ninety percent of Americans, and that it's only the leadership that's really Mm -hmm. like we're not going to give an inch because somebody will take a mile. Exactly. As soon as you do, then of course it was also the leadership who wanted to curb oh, the open carry laws in Ohio right. for During, this convention huh. against Isn't the people. Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm, when it's convenient for them. Yeah, that was uh, that was fascinating when they were trying to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that that's kind of... So what that comes down to, I think, is that there is a fundamental issue that, yes, they... There, there was an assault weapons ban, and there's talk about reinstating it. Mm-hmm. The legitimate real fear, fear that people have is you reinstate that, then what's next? <clears throat> you know, it's it's an argument that people make that, you know, once they ban smoking in restaurants, everybody's like, oh, that's fine, you know, no problem, because smoking, yeah, that's really bad. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, you also can't have the trans fats and you know, oh, let's try and have this movement that you can mm-hmm. only have a soda this big. And these are, you know, obviously all extreme examples that people will point to. Well, once you ban smoking, you started doing all these other right. things. But you don't have a Second Amendment right to soda. Right. So- I do. I actually have a dispensation. <laughs> so but yeah, everybody else does not. Yeah. But it, it's sort of the point is that, you know, and, and that that there's an, an actual phrase was, you know, Hillary doesn't believe in the Second Amendment. I think that was from the first night. Mm-hmm. And it is, that's what the real fear is, so that it's it's like, you know, there's all this talk about comprehensive, you know, gun legislation, which obviously there are plenty of Republicans who fear that feel that way. But the real fear people have is that it, it won't stop there. Mm-hmm, right. And so it's very easy to say, like, well, you know, she's for gun control. Well, we know what that means, you know, and, right. and then it, it sort of spirals downhill uh, at that point. Um, what we also got in night two was uh, another appearance by Donald Trump. So by the time he comes on uh, on on Thursday, uh, even the people in that room will be tired of him. It was just a video this time. <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, he uh, made sure that we knew that uh, he's going to win. Uh, a lot of talk about Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a big Jerry Orbach fan. I assume that's what he was talking about. <laughs> um, but uh, and you know, and then there there was sort of a, a moment that was very quickly overlooked, where there were ten freshman senators uh, all took the stage, and. It's sort of the reminder of like, oh, yeah, this is what it's all about. People who really want to keep their job and this is the guy at the top of the ticket. So they're going to be, you know, the down ticket or like, I don't care who's up there. I don't care if I agree with him. Sure, we're all here. But that guy has to speak and everybody else will just stand there and smile. Um, Let's talk about Paul Ryan, who uh, we were talking before we got started. Uh, There were some very vocal boos, which there also were for Mitch McConnell, who's comments we overlooked entirely because there wasn't much to them um, <laughs> uh, except the line about uh the hillary to came yeah. to campaign against me and i'm here I to hear return, return the, the favor, favor. Mm-hmm. are we 12 right <laughs> um in some ways yes politics, I, I think when it comes down to politics, politics. It, it definitely comes yes. down to to middle school yes. playground but mentality he said that out loud yeah, at the know, convention. Exactly. yeah. well you know well, uh, maybe that's why he got booed because uh, they knew that was coming right. um but uh i i'll start uh with uh, Drexel, your thoughts of uh, you know Paul Ryan sort of coming up there and uh, being like, "Hey, remember me? This is you know <laughs> when when the, these conventions were a little bit more normal, and you know we'll we'll try and get back to that." But uh, I I think Paul Ryan was a perfect person for this night of the theme. If we're getting back to like the theme, um, you know, he talked about 
poverty and he talked about i think you know i wrote down that they they said that the, the word work was used 10 times, 10 times. Mm-hmm. in the three hours of the yeah. convention mm-hmm. and i feel like paul ryan used that word like he was the only person that used that word yeah. 10 times so um I, I think Paul Ryan was was Paul Ryan. He was fine. He gave a, a great speech um, at the uh, 2012 convention. It was a Paul Ryan-esque speech. He is the Speaker of the House. And mm-hmm. um, f- whether or not you agree with Paul Ryan on the issues, he is the only one uh, on the Republican side that is trying to make certain things work. Um, so um, I, I give Paul Ryan an A+. Minus. <laughs> you were no. so close. Minus for bringing it back to normal. Just even even for the twenty minutes that he was on stage giving a speech, I think that um, it made it a, a normal Republican convention. Except for a the second. only thing that I could think about is that selfie he took with all of the oh, yeah. the interns yeah, and the day before. There like, was so, one mm-hmm. black person in the cl- in the left hand corner, and then there was an Asian somewhere in the middle there. Like I remember seeing a couple. Great. Of that people. means it was very diverse. It was very diverse. And yes. so when he's talking about poverty and all these, it, it's. Like, it doesn't ring true. Yeah, it kid. doesn't ring true. I, but I do agree with you. I think he was the only one that has brought anything of attempt to bring policy up right. from anybody, and and that was the only thing I could give him somewhat of credit for. But I still thought his his speech overall was a little weak. And so and, you're and, not giving him an A plus. Yeah. I'm giving him an A minus on no. convention as a whole. Yeah, as like, a convention speech. Right, yes. convention I speech. mean, compared well, to everyone else out there. So yes. far, we only have no. a few more minutes. Speaking of grades, uh, Tiffany Trump, uh, Trump's youngest daughter, whom you really didn't see yeah. about a year ago, maybe even six months ago, uh, she talked about uh, Trump, her father, the Donald, he would leave comments on her report cards every year. This is something that she said. Uh, (laughs) What she didn't mention, sadly, is that they all said be more like Ivanka. And that's not fair. I don't think he should have said that to her. Uh, By the way, Ivanka was there. They had a shot of her in the crowd. Uh, She had a look on her face which was Wait, who's this? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know who is Tiffany Trump. I can but only I only remember that interview from when Tiffany was born. Yeah, and they asked yeah. uh, Trump, you know, what characteristics did she get from you? And he said something like, "Let's hope she gets her mother's boobs or something like." That. It was some. Is that great it, hair? It Tiffany very, has great hair. It was a she does actually. To, when she was yeah. a baby, he was like, "Oh, let's hope that she gets her." Mo-. Yeah. I, I don't know. Th- then that's the only. Why does he always have to say creepy things about his daughters? <laughs> yeah. like, that was the you only don't need thing to do that, that I right. think of. When I yeah, see um, the poor girl. So another, uh, and I'll, we'll ask everybody about this. Uh, another uh, Trump child spoke, Donald Trump Jr., uh, who started off by saying he was the son of a great man, which I guess that means he's adopted. Uh, now watching him speak, I actually thought he was great. He was a very good presence on the stage. Um, I was wondering if a lot of Republicans saw Donald Trump Jr. on the stage, listened to what he had to say, and thought. You know, in November, can I just scroll like Junior next to the name? Will that count? Right. I, I don't know. Um, I, I'll ask you first, uh, Chelsea, your thoughts on Donald Trump Jr. Well, the only image that I have of him before the convention is an Oprah show that he did back when we still had the Oprah show. And even then, he seemed a little creepy. The only thing that all the kids could say about their dad was he instilled in them a great work ethic. But that mm-hmm. was really it. Uh, and then the other thing that I think of is him next to like a dead animal on a safari because there have been many. Yeah, right. So uh, I, I, you know, he's not somebody that I relate to or that I put much credibility 
Um, but in concept, it, so. in context of the people in that room, you know, sort of right. being a spokesman for his dad, I think it was helpful to have his family there. Yeah, and and, and I was really surprised at CNN's reaction. There were a lot of commentators in CNN. And they were like, "Oh my God, so impressive! He may run for office." I'm like, <laughs> so really, he might one be speech that somebody else probably wrote. He, you know, said it well, and, and all like of a sudden he's headlights. qualified yeah. for office. Um, well, so, that's where we are at this point in time. I, I mean, it's like, so easily impressed so we are. These yes, days. exactly. But I, I was going to say, I would give him an A if we're giving grades for reading a prompter because I actually thought he, he read did it very well. read it very Look, well. I, it's not as but, easy as some people think. No, it's by really the way, not because I, I've yeah. definitely done it and, yeah. it and it isn't. So that's what I'm saying. I, I do think he read it well. But, you know, it's it's his kids. So, of course, you, you, you're going to expect the kids to say nice things about their parents for the you know? And so, I, you hope. But for the most the, part. The but elevator to the middle class, the, the education. That's an, like, old he, like, that term. is something he really has ever no, thought about. No, I mean, that's just Not an old chance. kind of conservative term that he threw out there that somebody put in the speech. But so it again, was fine. Disingenuous. No, it was, just, it was fine for what it was as yeah. a speech. But did it? Do anything as a, as a huge mover and shaker type thing for anything for for Donald? No, not at all. Not no, really. it didn't uh, move the needle at all for, the, for anything. The final speaker that we'll speak about uh, from night two, and I'll get your thoughts on this, Drexel, because I know from beforehand that uh, you had some thoughts on Ben Carson, <laughs> who uh, brought his energy and he uh, whipped the crowd into narcolepsy as he usually does. Uh, he said that Hillary trained under Saul Alinsky and Lucifer, mm -hmm. which. I know for the religious right that sounds like a bad thing, but say what you will about Lucifer, he gets results, and he has not <laughs> declared bankruptcy eight times, uh, like some people we mm -hmm. won't name it. Uh, your thoughts on Ben Carson, what he had to say, Drexel? Um, well, I just wanted to make a point real quick about Donald J. Trump. Sure, He, he said something real quick. One of the things I wrote down that he said, he said, we didn't learn from MBAs. We, we, uh, we learned from people who got a doctorate in common sense, right. as if mm -hmm. education... Or having an education is like the worst thing that Republicans says. Can the guy like. who went to Wharton Business exactly. Right. So yeah. it, it's it, you know, and so he specifically named Wharton as yeah, and he right. and they flashed on the screen that he actually went there yeah, later, yeah. and I was like, yeah. oh, what was that about? And, and he just, yeah. I mean, that, that's the whole Republican well, mantra is making education like yeah, the worst thing. Exactly, that's Politi bad political correctness as the right. worst mm -hmm. thing ever. Uh, you know, Ben Carson, Doctor Carson. Um, you know, there was a thing that he said earlier in the day about how he was on Obama's short list at some point for Surgeon General. The President Obama had asked him to be Surgeon General at some point. You know, Ben Carson's very smart. He had the most energy I think we've seen in this, in this entire <laughs> yes. primary up there. In his public life. Yeah, I, 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 right, yeah. I'm just glad that he found his way to the stage properly. Um, he <laughs> yeah. didn't bump into anybody. He was he just awkwardly yeah. back there while they was, called his he name. He wasn't like this and, yeah. you know, rocking in the back or that his wife didn't sing. Yeah. I'm just glad a lot of none of that happened. Um, <laughs> but um, I think that Ben Carson, we will never hear from Ben Carson again, I don't think. Yeah. So his after 15 this, minutes are his 15 minutes are done. We're, we're a little bit done with Ben yeah. Carson, so. Yeah, I don't Although know. Lucifer that... might run for office right. next. I mean, if Donald well, Trump doesn't still win. Well, they're still thinking that Lucifer is running right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we, we'll have to see. And uh, we're uh, just about out of time here. So I want to thank the panel, Drexel Hurd at Drexel Hurd, uh, Scott Moore at S-Man 80, and Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. We will be back tomorrow night mm -hmm. to talk about night three of the convention. Uh, we're going to do three shows each of these two weeks, Tuesday through Thursday. Let's really hope that nothing crazy happens on night one of the Democratic right. convention. I feel really <laughs> confident that it won't. It's Bernie Sanders night, though. 
Is it really? It is. It Bernie is Bernie Sanders. Sanders. We have to do a show. a show that night. All right, Chelsea can do the show. That <laughs> I'm going to do the show that night. I'll be uh, on and, New Black. And speaking <laughs> of the show, at Trump Hillary 16, yep. that is our Twitter. Follow us there. Like us on YouTube. Comment. Rate us on iTunes. We will see you guys tomorrow night for more Trump vs. Hillary. See ya. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.